welcome to episode 10. Man, we made it to episode 10. I am your host, the one and only Clifton Eugene Brantley, senior, by the way. Uh, I am your host, <laughs> and uh, thank you for joining me for this episode 10. Today, we're talking about who taught you how to communicate. And who, who taught you how to communicate? I must say that this is, this is probably my second most favorite topic. My first favorite topic to talk about is probably love, to be honest. Uh, I've talked so much about love, but this is probably my second, my second uh, favorite. So, so we're going to talk about, you know, talk about communication. Like who taught you how to communicate? Where did you learn how to communicate? Okay. So, but listen, before I get into the topic, I actually had a thought. I actually had a thought that I wanted to share, um, like before I get into the topic, and then we'll we'll jump right into it. But I had this thought, and uh, I wanted to put it on here, right? Just because, like, I had the thought right before I came on. But anyway, so I saw a picture of a man laying on. Uh, he was laying on his back, and he was laying on his woman. Now I know that description of the picture doesn't paint an accurate picture. Um, but but I really want to focus more on the thought that I got from the picture, right? So so when I saw the picture, here's what I thought. And this message is for ladies. And you know, for the ladies who who, you know, if there are any the ladies who are listening to me, listen. Ladies, when we are in a relationship with you, it is a pointless relationship for us if you're not taking care of us. Now let me let me say that again, then I'll explain it. If we men are in a relationship with you, female, with a woman, it's a pointless relationship if you're not you're not taking care of us. Right. And by taking care, I don't mean like, you know, paying for stuff like I believe. So when we get in a relationship, we take care of each other. You know, at a certain level. Yes, I'm required to take care of me. You're required to take care of you. But you get what I'm saying. Like we take care of our partners. And so if 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 you're not taking care of your man, well, why are you there? Like and I'm not getting to all the like the, you know, the bad relationship and, you know, he said, she said or, you know, you do for me, I do for you. I'm just speaking in general. In general, if you're in a relationship with a man, and let's say your relationship is good, let's go that way. You're in a good relationship with a good man, but you don't take care of him. Here's what I mean by taking care. Like, if you can't be our peace, our comfort, and our emotionally safe place, then we may as well be single and just hang out with the fellas. Because when we hang out with the fellas, like, we... It's no different than being with you. Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about, you know, comforting your man when when like when something is happening, like something happens in his life and you show up to comfort him and, you know, be his peace. Yeah, I get that. So so and if you do that, you're a good woman. I, I, I believe that love does its best work in difficulty. So when life is difficult, love does its best work. However, I don't think I want to be in a relationship where that's the only time that I get 
the softness, the care, the the attention, right? The the whatever your woman is going to do or whatever, you know, whatever my woman's going to do to make me feel special when I haven't done anything in that exact moment special. You feel me? Like if, if you're not if you're not like if you're not our comfort, if you're not our peace, if you're not, you know, like like ladies, ask yourself, can your man genuinely say, man, my wife take care of me like like whatever I need, like my wife takes care of me. Like if I'm if I'm if I'm sweating, she bring me some water. If if my head is hurting, she give me some aspirin. If I'm chilling on the couch, she come rub my feet. Right. Uh, if if uh, if I haven't eaten all day, but I didn't say I was hungry, she'll just start making me something to eat as opposed to, hey, do you want me to serve you? You know, uh, because love is service, by the way. That's why I said that. So, hey, you want me to serve you as opposed to just serving? Right. That's that's and I'm, I know I'm speaking in general. Right. In general, that's what men want. We want our woman to like be our comfort because we got to be your strength. Like when we take care of you, we got to pay the bills. We got to be your strength. We got to, you know, so we got to take care of you too. Now here's the sad part. Um, that, so the reality I just named about women not taking care of their men, uh, it happens while it, it starts while we're dating. But the sad part is that it gets worse once you get married. Why? Because I'm guessing, uh, you know, you think, oh, I got him now and like I could just take care of him. I mean, I, I could let him take care of me and then I could just chill. Right. That's the wrong mentality, because here's the thing. I'm not trying to threaten you. I'm not trying to scare you. Right. I'm not trying to like hold anything over your head, but be aware that there are women Dare I say good women, not all of them are, are, are ratchet, right? Not all of them are, are bad. Like there are good women out there who are waiting are longing are wishing they had a man like yours to take care of. Like there are women who pride themselves on serving their man, taking care of their man, making sure that his life is good. So then that he can make sure that our life is good. So like, do you get that? So so if the woman takes care of the man, then the man could take care of the whole family better. That's that's just what I believe. Right. Um, but too often, man, like that picture just like triggered some mem- some not memories, but I meant to say thoughts triggered some thoughts in my mind about, you know, like the picture is great. But like how often just randomly. Does that really happen? Right. How often do you I just, you know, it, it was just on my mind. Right. So I need to do a top. I need to do a show just on that topic. I see. Uh, I didn't know that thought was going to be that long, but I need to do a, a talk just on that. And I think I'm going to call it who taught you how to love a man. Right. Who taught you how to love a man? And of course, if I do that, I don't have to do, you know, who taught you how to love a woman. Right. Because I got to be fair. Right. But uh, that was just a thought that was on my mind. Anyway. All right. So let's get into the topic of who taught you how to communicate. Who where did you learn these communication skills that you have? All right. Now, listen. I am an 80s baby. Okay? 
I, I, I'm an 80s baby. That means I wasn't born in the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. I was born in 72, but I grew up. Most of my growing up was in the 80s, right? So in 1981, Zap and Roger Troutman, this is a, you know, for you young folk, that's a band back in the day called Zap. Okay, so and you probably you probably jammed to some of their old school songs. Matter of fact, you may know the one I'm about the name. So uh, in 1981, Zapp and Roger Troutman remade a famous hit called I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Right. You may have heard this story before, but I mean, this song before. But it tells the story of bad communication. Right. Listen to the words. He says, uh, you could have told me you were in love with somebody else. But instead, I heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> like, that's bad communication. I don't know if the relationship started that way, you know, or, or it just grew to that point. But she not talking to him. And I'm assuming like he probably they don't have an effective communication kind of system. Right. Uh, and, and I mentioned that in my book. So that was the first thing that came to my mind, came to my mind thinking about you know, bad communication. But what is so interesting to me is that uh, a lot of married couples, a lot of people in relationships, they have a heard it through the grapevine kind of relationship, meaning they don't talk directly to each other. They talk at each other or they talk through other people or they t- they talk through passive passive aggressive ways right uh i know i'm guilty of that i i used to be a master at passive aggressive uh talking right and I, i'm gonna talk more about that a little later and i guess i still am a master at it i just try not to do <laughs> i try not to do it right because it's not effective right it's not effective but here's something else that's interesting to me Almost everybody believes that communication is the most important thing in a relationship. And yet most people are not good at it at all. Like, that's so interesting to me. It's so interesting to me that like uh, if you ask anybody, you can walk up to who, who, who find someone who you think is the most relationally challenged, relationally unintelligent person you know, and ask them, what is the main thing to uh, make a relationship work? What's the main ingredient? More than likely, they're going to say communication. If you give them three options, they're definitely going to say communication, right? But even with that, why are there so many people that don't know how to do it? Like nobody know how knows how to communicate. You would think that after 30, 35, 40 years of communicating with other people, you would be good at it by now. But unlike a baby lion who learns to hunt and then eventually becomes very proficient at it, we humans will stay stuck at at whatever level of communication we become comfortable with. Uh, I'm going to say that again because there's a lot of words and I want to make sure you get it and you don't have to rewind it. I'm going to say it again. Unlike baby lions 
So like when when a when a lion is born, baby cub or whatever, uh, they start. You know, you because I, I like watching lions. I guess that's why it came to my mind. I watch lions hunt and you know whatever. So so they they'll be playing first, but they're playing. When you watch them play, they're playing uh, like they're hunting a lot of times, right? And then they learn to hunt by watching their parents or whatever. whatever. But the thing is, because hunting is what lions do, the more they do it they eventually become very proficient at it. But we humans, on the other hand, although communication is one of the main things we do, we will get stuck on whatever level of communication we become comfortable with. Now, what do I mean by comfortable? I mean that although communication is innate for the human being, just as hunting is innate for the lion, the human will allow internal pain to keep them from becoming better while the lion has no such barriers, right? Like the lion does not have internal barriers that will keep him from being a great hunter. It is because of this pain, this internal pain that we humans will carry. Most times it's from childhood, but it can be from other places in the past, right? But because of this pain, we will become frozen on a level of communication that is comfortable. Right? Like, like some people don't share their thoughts because they have pain from the past. And so to avoid that pain, they communicate on a certain level where it's comfortable. Right? Some people are quick to snap. Like they're quick to go off because of pain from the past. Like they haven't grown past that yet. 40, 50, 60-year-old folk still can't handle the truth. They're just snapping on folk, right? Some people use mostly sarcasm because of pain from the past, right? I remember, I remember, when, I remember when I realized that sarcasm was harmful or, or hurtful. Um, once, I, once I realized it, I stopped. Like, I did, because I wasn't being sarcastic to me. I was being sarcastic to other people, namely my children. When my daughter told me, hey, you know, your sarcasm hurts, I stopped. But, you know, I, I say I stopped, but interestingly enough, I noticed something on yesterday, uh, something about my relationship with sarcasm, right? You want me to share it with you? I'm going to share it with you. Uh, so I learned that I have more growing to do. Right. And, you know, I'm just I'm just being transparent. Right. To, to kind of I'm just sharing with you my struggle. Right. I realized yesterday that I have more growing to do. Here's what I realized. It is hard for me to not be sarcastic when I'm angry. And uh, I really didn't realize that until I was working on this. And, you know, I had some things in my head and, you know, before things come out of your mouth that you you a lot of times you turn them over in your head first, especially when you're angry. Right. So but it was a lot of sarcasm in my head. And I, I noticed myself kept telling myself, hey, no, can't say that. No. Nope. When y'all talk, you, you can't say that. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. There's more growing that I need to do because. It's hard for me not to be sarcastic when I'm angry. But here's the thing. I also need to work on my anger. Here's what I mean by that. 
most of the time it's not because I'm raging and, and like, you know, out of control. No, I need to work on my anger because most of the times people don't even know that I'm angry until the sarcasm comes out. That's that's I'm not gonna say that's crazy. I was about to say that's crazy, but I'm 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 doing a I'm making a conscious effort not to uh, call myself names, right? So I just need to grow. <laughs> I need to grow. But um, yeah, I noticed that about me yesterday. But that's the thing. So that sarcasm though, that comes from a painful place. Now, here's the thing about that. Since I'm on it, I know the sarcasm comes from a painful place in my childhood. But it's not readily available in my memory, like to to find the root, you know. So I know in general it's it's due to me feeling unseen, unheard and feeling like, you know, uh, unimportant, like I'm not good enough. Right? That's the human condition. Not good enough. So I know it stems from there. But to tell you, like, okay, this event caused me to be sarcastic like that that's not there and I share that with you to say don't always think that there's a a straight line between the dysfunction that you have or whatever it is you want to change and the root of it like it may not look like like the seed may not look like the harvest right Uh, apple seed don't look like apple tree okay so just be mindful of that all right so communication because communication is such a vast topic in this episode, I want to focus on areas you may need to improve in order to be a better communicator. OK, that's that's what I want to focus on. I, could, I am more than sure, more than sure I'm going to do several episodes on on various aspects of communication. I'm sure of that. But today I just want to focus on a few areas uh, that. You may need to improve in order to be a better communicator. Now, why become a better communicator? Because. Like, why not? No, I'm kidding. Let me tell you why. (laughs) That's not a good answer. Why not? That's like when you, back in the day when your parents, uh, by the way, this is a rabbit I'm chasing, but this is good for you parents to pay attention. Uh, Do not, do not, um, when you discipline your children and they ask you why or they're trying to, you know, they ask you a question, the answer is not because I said so. That's bad parenting, okay? It's, it's not because I said so. You need to explain to them. Remember, your job is to teach them how to do life. So whatever they're doing, they need to know the reason behind it. You don't want your children just doing stuff to be doing it. Now, at a certain age, you know, zero to four, that's different. They don't know no better, right? But after the age of four, when you're actually teaching, because the first stage is training, when you're actually teaching, don't don't say, you know, because I said so. Anyway, so why become a better communicator? Because you are different than every other person on the planet, right? You want to be a better communicator because you're different than every other person on the planet. Like, do you realize that every human being lives in a different world from everybody else. Like, every human being, all of us, none of us live in the same world. Your world only exists in your mind. 
right? Think about that. Your world only exists in your mind. So, so when I say the world, your world only exists in your mind, um, think about, think about walking out your door and there's a snake on the ground, like on the side, maybe in the grass, visible to you if you look down, but you don't look down so you don't see it. So you walk right past the snake, get in your car, go to work. There's no anxiety in your world. There's no, your heart's not racing. Nothing is going on in your world. But guess what? In the, in the, in the physical world, there was a snake, but that didn't happen in your world. Now, if you change that around, you walk out, same snake, but you see it. Your interaction with what you see changes, but the only place it changes is in your mind. The snake is still doing what the snake was doing the first time. It's just laying there. But depending on what you think about snakes, your fear of snakes, um, you know, and whatever else is going on in your mind, your, your body's going to react. Your mind is going to react. Why? Because your world exists in your mind. Um, I tell people all the time, you ever notice how you can have a really bad day one day or be in a bad place. And then the next day or really like the next hour or so you feel better but nothing in your nothing major in your life changed to change your mood what changed your world meaning your mind right so your world only exists in your mind right you with me every human being lives in a different world your world only exists in your mind so when something happens in the world whether caused by life or your partner your world is is affected differently than everyone else's world okay so when you're interacting with your partner, they don't know your world like you do. Like, they, they, they wasn't born into your world. Like they have their own world to live in. Right. So they don't know your world like you do. So when when so so you being a better communicator will help your partner understand the world you live in. Right. Is that clear enough? You. You, everybody lives in a different world, right? And because your partner is more focused on their world or everybody else is more because everybody has more experience with their world than your world, period, point blank. It's not even possible for it to be any other kind of way. So because you live in a world and they live in a world, you becoming a better communicator is going to help them understand your world, thereby understanding you. When you're in a relationship, trust me, that is important. It's very important. Like if you can't, you can't understand your partner, how do you mesh these two worlds? And if you don't, if you don't join the two worlds, then how are you in a relationship? Yeah. I guess it's a relationship, but it's a weak one. Like that's not a good relationship where our worlds are not joined at, at in, in some kind of some kind of great capacity, I would say. Right. So you want to be a better communicator. So what are the areas to examine in order to become a better communicator? Well, I have a few of them. The first one is some people need a bigger vocabulary. Yeah. Is for some people, it's as simple as that. You need a bigger vocabulary. Like you need to know more words. The, when you have a small vocabulary, 
you you will be limited to how you can express yourself. And I just told you the world you live in is very complex. It has a whole lot in there. Your world has more in it than and this is for everybody than you actually express. Right. You only express a part of your world when necessary and you express different parts of your world in different contexts. So anyway, that's a different diff, another different topic for a different day. But the reason you need to know more words, because y'all live in different worlds and the more words you have, the better you'll communicate. And then the better you can get someone to some, the better your partner will like understand you. That's the goal. Right. I had a friend. I used to have a friend. And uh, this brother did not have a large vocabulary, even though he had been on the planet for over 40 years. Yeah. Over 40 years on the planet, he did not have a large vocabulary. And the thing is, the older we got, the harder it was for he and I to communicate because I was always misunderstanding what he was trying to say. Like, always. I always misunderstood what that brother was trying to say. But then watch this. He would get mad at me for misunderstanding him as if my ears and my interpretations aren't working right. No, brother, the words that you're using, like you're limited. And I'm trying to figure out you, you, you know, putting words where they don't belong and verbs and, you know, uh, conjugated verbs and adjectives and, you know, all of this English stuff. Like, bro, like. How I can't I can't understand you, right? But then he gets mad at me. So increase your vocabulary. Okay, yeah. To be a better communicator, some folks just need to increase increase the vocabulary. All right. Now, some people may not need to increase their vocabulary, but they need a better understanding of the English language. Right? Now that my my friend that I was just talking about. That was his issue, too. Right. But even if he didn't understand English, having more words in his vocabulary still would help. Right. But anyway, so some people, uh, they just need a better understanding of English. Right now. Now, this is somewhat tricky because uh, if you grew up in a certain place where everyone talks the same, which means everyone understands what everyone is saying, then perhaps you don't need to learn better English. Like if you grew up in, um, I'm going to say the country because I, I don't want to offend anyone. And, you know, I grew up here, so I can't think of. Anyway, let's say you grew up in the country and you guys, you know, have a certain way of talking, certain lingo, certain language or whatever. And uh, everybody in the town, like all of y'all know the slangs or whatever. You Like you, you know what everyone is saying. So. If you if you were born there, grew up there and you continue to live there, you may not need to learn better English like because you're only communicating with the folk in your world. Right now, you may run into trouble into trouble when you have to call Xfinity or, you know, talk to somebody outside of that community. But I'm just saying. Right. Uh, if you're only talking to folk, you know, then. Yeah. But it becomes a problem. When you have to leave that environment and interact with other people who are not where you are from. All right. For me personally, um, and I don't know how this is going to sound. I, I, I thought I, 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 I waited in my mind. But man, is that going to sound bougie? And as a matter of fact, the fact that I'm even 
contemplating or concerned about how it's going to sound tells you that there's a problem. But let me get back to my point before I lose it. So for me personally, uh, it's hard for me to understand you when you use the wrong words the wrong way. Right. When you use improper English or just make stuff up, it's, it's hard for me to understand you. Right. Uh, and yes, there are people who make things up as they talk like, bro, you made that up. What are you talking? That's not what? That's not a real word. You, What are you talking about? Right. And 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 it, this is episode 10. So if you've listened to any podcast before this one. And you can get it from this one, too. But if you listen to anyone before this one, you already know I don't speak perfect English. Now, when I write, that's a little different. Like I'm a very good writer and I'm a stickler for for um, reading. I'm a stickler for reading um, bad English. Even in, now, this probably make me sound bougie. I ain't gonna lie, but even in text, like sometimes it's hard for me to understand a text. It used to be really hard uh, talking to my kids via text because they don't use no punctuation and no capitalization. I'm like, what? The, I, I don't. What are you saying? Like, I don't understand, right? Um, but yeah, so I don't speak perfect English, but I do understand it. I understand English better that slang or broken English, what we call broken English, right? Um, sadly, depending on, depending on the culture you're from, um, this is, so this is what I was just alluding to as far as me even contemplating it, you know, how this is going to sound, but depending on what culture you're from, you actually may get ridiculed for speaking properly. And if you're black, I don't know if they still do this in school. I really don't. But there was a time when I was in school where talking proper, using proper English meant that you were acting white as if white people were the standard for like speaking well. I'm like, what? But that's just that just tells you about the conditioning, the conditioning of the African-American mind or community to where we think everything, not now, but back then, definitely. I don't know what it is now. I haven't checked the temperature of, you know, society like that because I'm on something else. But when I was growing up, black folk thought everything white folk had was better. Like their ice was colder, their grass was greener, and uh, their English is better. And so if, you, if you're making good grades or if you're talking proper, then you're acting white. What? Yeah, that's... That was a bad that was a bad message. Right. But that's the message we got back then. But I learned to speak anyway, because I like I like I always I like writing. I love writing, but I've come to love speaking like I used to be afraid of public speaking, but I love it now. Like give me a mic and an audience and I'm I'm good to go as long as I'm prepared. Right. So um, another barrier. Another barrier is this another barrier to um being a better communicator is, this one may shock you, desire. Yeah. You may be thinking, what does desire have to do with communication? Well, to be an effective communicator, you have to desire to be one. Right? Some people, I, some people do not communicate well simply because they don't want to. Like, they don't want to grow. We call these people Selfish. All right. That's that's what we call those people. Folk who don't want to learn how to communicate better, 
so that we can understand them and they can understand us, you're selfish. Okay. So I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what that is. That's selfish. You know, so if you don't want to be seen as selfish, change that. Right. If you are in a relationship and you are not trying to improve your communication consistently on the regular all the time, especially if you know you're not good at it, then you, my friend, are selfish. That's that's just what it is. Listen, don't be selfish. Don't don't do that. Don't be selfish. Okay. Um, so you got to have a desire to to want to communicate better. And like for me, to be honest, my desire, not now, but well, I guess even even now, my desire to want to be a better communicator is because I, I so I'm one of those kind of people that I love intimacy. I thrive on intimacy. The truth is, all of us humans are supposed to thrive on intimacy. Um, unharmed, unhurt, healed, we do. All humans thrive on intimacy. But anyway, uh, I learned, I, I wanted to learn how to speak well and write well so that I could communicate in a way that helps you understand me. Why? Because I want to be known. I want to be understood. That's a part of intimacy. That's a part of transparency, like to know and to be known. I wanted that. And so also, too, let me say this, if I'm being completely honest, because uh, I remember this. I remember this back in I don't know what year, but I probably was maybe somewhere between 18 and 20. Because I had female friends and uh, didn't have a lot of male friends, I mostly had female friends. I was always listening to the things that they say about men, like their complaints. So that gave me an edge because what I did then was, okay, so they constantly saying that he don't know how to communicate. He don't express himself and he don't know how to express himself, express himself and, you know, things like that. So what I did, I said, okay, well, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to become a communicator. And, and I remember, I remember saying, I want to be a better communicator because I do not want my partner. Hey, this is good for y'all, by the way. Uh, I, I, I think you should adopt this mindset. I hadn't thought of that before now, but you should adopt this mindset. But here's, here's my mindset back then in my, in my, like I, I was barely 20. I, I want to be a better communicator because I don't want my partner always having to try to figure out where I am like mentally and emotionally. I don't want them always trying to figure out how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. I want to be able to communicate that. And so I became a better communicator, right? And uh, that's what I challenge you guys to do. Also, especially if you're in a relationship, but watch this, even if you're not in a relationship, because you're a human being, all we do is relationships on the planet. Like relationships, those are the most important assets we have. So you're going to do relationships, so you may as well learn how to communicate better. Okay? Um, and and don't judge yourself. Like, let somebody else, let the person you're in a relationship with judge your paper. I mean, uh, grade your paper. You can't say I'm a great communicator, but then you don't have anyone, anyone to verify that, right? Because you now you're just making up stuff and you don't even know if it's true. Right? So... 
So I want to I want to I want to talk about this barrier because this is probably the biggest barrier to effective communication. Honestly, this this is the biggest barrier, in my opinion. And it's kind of connected to what I said earlier as far as um, people settling for the level of communication that's comfortable. That ties into this 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 biggest barrier. And so this barrier actually it it, it may affect the ones I've already shared and 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 like it may affect all of them. But anyway, let me just tell you what it is. So uh, the biggest barrier to being an effective communicator is when some kind of injury, some kind of internal injury has caused you to develop a fear of some kind. Like there's some sort of fear going on inside of you because of something that happened to you. And that is now keeping you from being a better communicator. Meaning, so some people are afraid uh, to speak up for themselves, right? Some people are afraid to express themselves. Some people are afraid to ask for their needs to be met. Some people are afraid to be wrong, right? I, some people are afraid to be wrong. Uh, speaking, speaking of being afraid to be wrong, don't be the person who cannot handle the truth, right? Don't, don't be the person who can't handle the truth. You know you're not perfect, right? You, you've been with you. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, however old you are, you've been with you a long time. You know that you're not perfect, which means you are going to mess up. So if you know you're going to mess up, if you know you're not perfect, perfect, when your partner tells you that they have an issue with you, if you, if, if you don't, um, if you can't handle the truth, like every time they come to you with truth, you going off and you doing whatever, then you're going to make it unenjoyable to be in a relationship with you. Yeah, I'm I'm just telling you, you're going to make it unenjoyable to be in a relationship with you if your partner can never share with you something that's not Pollyanna, you know, unicorns and rainbows. Right. You got you got to be able to handle the truth. But but um, back to this barrier. Yeah. So some people, some people, a lot of people, most people, honestly, when they have communication issues, it's it probably is stemming from an internal fear from somewhere. Right. And so here's the thing. I've said this before. Uh, If you don't have a good relationship with yourself, you will seriously struggle at having a good relationship with others. Okay? If you if you're not good with you, it's going to be hard for you to be good with other folk. And uh thing is, if you cannot communicate well, then you will not be able to resolve conflict. If you cannot resolve conflict well, you will suffer in your relationship. And the thing about people who um hold things in. I was talking about, you know, uh, some people are afraid they hold things in. Uh, the thing about people who hold things in, they are afraid because of something, right? I don't know what it is, but they're afraid of something. Uh, 
but even though they are afraid and they're not talking to you, I guarantee you they're talking to themselves in their head. Right. They are they are talking to themselves in their head and they are making assumptions and conclusions living in their head. If you do that, stop. Okay, stop that today. As a matter of fact, stop it right now. Like, don't do that anymore. Okay, do not uh, mute yourself, but then talk to yourself in your head about the situation or your partner or whatever the case. Because all you're going to do is you're not going to talk yourself off the ledge. You're going to talk yourself over the ledge. And then when you finally do get a chance to talk, and I know this from personal experience because I've done it. When you do get a chance to talk, um, because you've been holding so much in, but it's been turned over in your head, when your mouth opens, you're going to vomit, like word vomit. Like it's just going to all come out and it's probably not going to come out with love and respect. So now you didn't create a whole nother problem in your relationship and they won't be able to hear you because of how it's coming out. Why? Because you didn't communicate it when it happened because of some kind of internal barrier, right, that's going on. So what I'm telling you is do the work to become a better communicator. It's for you and for your relationship. Like you got to be able to, you got to be able to communicate. It's just, that's just what it is. You, you have to be able to communicate well. Okay. Now, uh, last thing I want to share about communication is um, I want to throw this piece in because uh, a huge part of conflict resolution is communication, obviously. Uh, and I say this because I still have clients coming in repeatedly after. So so I'm sharing this with you guys because my clients are making me think that this message is not getting through. And so I don't know if it's me, the deliverer or them, the receiver, but it's like the message is not getting in. And I don't know why, but I said I was going to start saying it more often uh, until somebody tell me, Hey, it's not, uh, it's not that we need to hear more. We need to hear it differently. You're not saying it clearly. Then somebody tell me that. So I'll know, but listen, when your partner share something with you that they don't like or they have an issue with and uh, you know they share with you how they feel or whatever before you say anything out of your mouth before you say anything out of your mouth before you respond before you reply before you say anything out of your mouth Address how they feel. Do not go immediately into explaining your behavior. That is called defensiveness. And when you do that, you dismiss your partner's feelings. Even if, watch this, because some folk are confused. Even if, you explain your behavior first and then come back and say, I'm sorry. It doesn't work. That sorry, that apology will not get in. You have to apologize, acknowledge the feelings first. 
Example. Babe, like, I was saving that last little bit of orange juice to take with my medicine this morning, and you drunk it. And I feel some kind of way about that. That's the complaint. Bad response. Well, it was only a corner left, and that's why I drunk it. I wouldn't have thought that you would have needed that for your medicine, but I'm sorry that I drunk it. That's terrible. Okay? Good reply. Oh, sweetie, I'm sorry that I drunk the last little bit of juice. Um, I didn't even know you were saving that. That's, my, that's on me. That's, that's my fault. Uh, is, can I go get you some more? Or can, can I do something to make up for that? That's a good reply. Right? But you know why most people, most, the majority of people cannot respond the proper way? Because we're going back to this communication thing and internal stuff. So this communication plus internal stuff. The reason is because when most people hear complaints or issues, even though they know they're not perfect, but when they hear those issues, what they hear in their mind is I'm in trouble. And so like a child, their first response is to get out of trouble, not to grow. See, when your partner comes with a complaint, your your number one priority, your number one goal is to learn, to understand, to learn. Because maybe you did, maybe you did something wrong, maybe you did not. But you want to learn what's going on in their world, not what's going on in your you know what's going on in your world. You know your intent. And that's the thing. A lot of times when people respond about their behavior before they give the apology, they're focused more on their intent than the injury. You can't focus more on the intent than the injury because if you accidentally cut me with a knife, whether you intended to do it or not is irrelevant while I'm bleeding. Like, get me a Band-Aid. Don't stand there. You know, I mean, I ain't try to do that. I, I was intending to show you that I don't care. Give me a Band-Aid. Right. So stop all of your explaining, man. Like is I guess I can't say it's not that hard because um, now I've done the work. It's not that hard for me. So I don't want to be unfair, but do the work. So it's not that hard for you, too, because why your relationship will suffer. Like. If you're going to do relationships and you are if you're alive right if you're gonna do relationships but you know more specifically if you're going to do intimate relationships like marriage it is selfish of you to not become your best self for your partner now i'm not saying that it's okay for them to say i don't love you like you know I'm not getting into all of that. You know, I don't love you if you don't change. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying for you as a gift to your partner, why not be, why not become your best self? Why not become a great communicator for you and your relationship? Like, I hope, I hope that, I hope that, you know, this is helpful for somebody because man, too often people are telling me all he does is dismiss how I feel. And that brother's like, no, I don't. He don't even know what she's talking about. And it happens the other way too, right? It happens the other way too. But, um, hey, 
have more compassion, have more empathy. When there's a problem, your number one focus has to be how can I help us get back, get back to unity? That is the only reason why a conflict should be brought up to help us get back connected or get closer or whatever. You feel me? All right. So that's the episode for today, man. I, I, I actually enjoyed this. Um, I want to keep going, but uh, I'm, I could talk for this for another, talk about this for another hour. However, I don't want to do that because I got other stuff I need to do too. So I hope this was helpful for you. You guys, um, wherever you are, if you like this content, do share. Right. And I do want to tell you about my challenge Uh, coming up. It is um, December the 5th. Is that right? I need to look at the dates, but it starts on December the 5th. Five days. It is. As a matter of fact, it is right in line with this episode. It is the communication and conflict challenge. It used to be the community. It used to be the conflict resolution challenge, but I changed it because I wanted to add communication because communication is so crucial to conflict resolution. So the name of the challenge is the communication and conflict challenge, right? You can go to my website, cliftonbrantley.com and you can sign up there and, um, It's going to be five days of teaching, teaching you how to communicate better and how to resolve conflict more effectively. Right. So check that out. Um, Outside of that, follow me on all of my social media, uh, YouTube, C Brantley LMFT. Uh, I think that's the uh, for everywhere. That's pretty much what it is. C Brantley LMFT. That's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. All of them are the same. So. And on TikTok, that's something new that I've been doing, right? So I'm trying to, you know, catch up with the wave and be be on TikTok. You guys enjoy your week. Thank you for listening. And I will catch up with you next time. Make sure that you stay encouraged. Encouraged.